transcending the veil. Okay, Nils, I want to know more about these good guys because the stories so far is kind of dystopian. It sounds as if, you know, we have been, uh, human race have been engineered, bioengineered by these out of this world uh, entities that we call ETs. And um, there has to be balance, right? So, where's the good part in this? Where, where are the good guys? What is intriguing about this story is we have a very simplistic approach to things, right? We have findings in archaeology. We, we have texts that describe these events as well. And from that, we extrapolate our worldview. And we also clearly think about good or bad very quickly, right? What is good? What is bad? Are those the good guys? Are those the bad guys? But when you really look at this picture now, is you think, bloody hell, it is not just good or bad. You cannot throw all of these entities into one corner and the other entities into the other corner and say, right, those are the good guys, those are the bad guys. There are certainly tendencies in that direction, yes. But it is very interwoven and interconnected. Because at some point we also need to talk about what happens in other solar systems, because that affects what happens here, right? So yes, we so broadly speaking, the Naboo and the Sikar Empire, you could say those are the bad guys, right? They they, they have the clear intention to just keep humanity into a certain um, animal consciousness level and use us humans for, well, we, we didn't go into it, but essentially for slave trade. Um, and yeah, they, they want to use our blood because our blood apparently is very valuable in this galaxy because it is so much potential in there. Um, and then we have different, let's say, um, constellations between or different alliances between different um, entities. So there's the Orion um, Collective, I believe it's called. Um, but then, yes, on the other side, what are the good guys? Okay, there, there is the Galactic Federation of Worlds, which is which has been involved in conflicts on Earth. And there's also the Intergalactic Confederation. Uh, and they all have been involved here and tried to help humans. Even when we go into the very recent history, which is interesting, is that right, a year before the MJ-12 signed the agreements with the Nibu, the Galactic Federation of Worlds, they actually came to speak to Eisenhower personally. And they told him, right, we have a looking glass technology. We, we can see into the future. We know what the Nibu are doing. We know their strategy. And this is what is going to happen on Earth. And they told them, right? And even that conversation is, is public knowledge now. Uh, Eisenhower responded, right, how can I believe you? You know, show me your spacecraft, then I can believe you. And uh, the person that was coming there, there are even pictures of him. Um, he is he is human looking. Um, 
And Eisenhower just, uh, well, he invited him on a spacecraft and Eisenhower said, well, I'm sorry, I, I, I cannot follow you, right? It's, I'm a present and, you know, I cannot just go wherever I want. Um, but he acknowledged it. And in the end, the military complex or the MJ-12, that, that f formation of, back then it actually was 12, was um, comprised of 12 people, uh, signed in the background the agreement with the Nibu. So there was a constant sort of back and forth between the different forces on Earth, right? The, the reptilians, the greys, they tried to sort of use the, the humans then, you know, and what was very interesting with the Anunnaki is that, right, within the Anunnaki, we had the more the military leader, which was Anlil, that wanted to use humans in order to mine gold. But then we had Enki that saw this potential in, in the let's say the the humans and sort of developed it further and laid the path for a true evolution of humanity into higher consciousness. Um, so you always had throughout histories always bad and evil interacting with humans. And now it was a very long time where we were governed by um underground reptilians which is now coming to an end um, and that is probably something we could go into into another episode um, where we have a lot of whistleblower information and a lot of documentation on what actually happened in the background the recent 80 years um, so the good guys are present but the big problem always was that that law of non-interference right the law of free will and since we committed to an agreement with the dark force let's put it that way they couldn't interfere they always said right we're here to help you um but we can't intervene we can't intervene because you have signed agreements with other factions already so it, it, it was going against intergalactic law essentially to intervene on planet earth but I feel I feel a bit um, <clears throat> disappointed because I didn't sign that agreement. Yeah, exactly. But this is, you know, w when we when we talk about evolution, is right. We we had primates, right? We we had uh, then came a point in time when we had sort of groups forming. We we then at some point in time we we're starting to have settlements. We're starting to have rulership. And then we started to have a an hierarchy and we, we moved into we, we evolved into this sort of civilization on earth we, where we now have different countries and within countries we have a certain hierarchy and a government and they act for us we elect them maybe it doesn't happen in the way we want right but this is what they should do okay so yes we essentially, as humanity, signed that. Even if, even though we don't do it ourselves, we are talking now. But essentially, our governing body on planet Earth is allowed to do that because they decide the direction for humanity. Uh, well, I, I think this is why we have anarchists, like people that are opposing this not just that uh, contract or you know signing of that paper or agreement 
Yeah, I think humanity is certainly is on, on a brink of change, that's for sure, because what is becoming more and more evident that these structures don't work that good, right? They they work in a sense if they are they're used in, in the rightful mindset, but um in, in the right way. But they can be abused, and that is what has been done throughout millennia, right? And that is essentially when we talk about the Sikar Empire, they are very advanced on manipulating and using power in different ways. Um, and that is a trait that came to Earth through the Sikar Empire. And that's why we see so much corruption. Okay. Um, now on it, I want to take a little turn here. Um, because we have covered you have covered up until let's say like the 40s and we've not even even touch upon uh, what we perceive is going on since the 40s with the second world war and and everything um so if we take a step back and and i ask you directly why is this so significant for you The significance for me is that it was the first time I read something where all of the bits and pieces that we know of are now put together. It is a different perspective on things. You know, we, we talk about Adam and Eve, right? I didn't mention Eve, but we, we talk about Eden and Adam. We, we talk about the Great Flood. We talk about the Sumerian text. We talk about the Book of Enoch. Uh, we talk about the strange things that have been written about uh, what happened in Egypt surrounding the, the time when the Sphinx and the pyramids were built. Um, we, we have evidence and records of kings that used to live for 20,000 years. And this is all described in this apparently true history of humanity. Um, that essentially I found fascinating. You know, there, there are even other things, right? In uh, astron astronomers, they even have theories there must have been a fifth planet. And now all of a sudden it is described in this book. There was a fifth planet and this is what happened. And this is why it doesn't exist anymore. So there are a lot of theories on planet Earth from evidence that we have. But the theory, yeah, then it's just a theory. And now they put a bit more context behind it. And now it all makes sense. So for me, it's a very in interesting approach. And I, because we title it as the apparent true history. Uh, and I think that that is really th something we need to stretch here. Apparently, this is the true history. Uh, it feels interesting to me, at least to talk about it. I certainly have no idea if it is true. But what fascinates me is that so many pieces are fitting together. Um, we, we didn't really talk in length about the, the, the list of kings that used to rule in, in the area that we now call Egypt um, through the Anunnaki's. But all of these kings, they have been described in other ancient texts as well. And now here, there's an actual description when they when they ruled the the precise times are now given the exact names are given 
and all of that correlates with other texts. And that, that's what I find fascinating, that it always correlates with other texts that, that deal with these um, time periods as well. Um, obviously, there, there is a bit more information in there. There is a precise description of how Atlantis was built and why it fell and all of that. So it wasn't described that, that precisely by Plato, but it is described here. There's a very precise description of um, what Jesus was. Is essentially an incarnation of a very advanced soul into a human body. Um, it was described why that was possible because of the, well, let's say, manufactured evolution of humanity. And obviously it goes right back into the point of where humans are coming from. And that is, you know, we, we talk, often talk about this in, in science is, right, what, what is the missing link from humanity to animals? There are a lot of theories and there's a lot about, you know, DNA comparison to different chimpanzees and so on. And there's a very close match, but it is not, it has not been proven, right? There, there still is a missing link. And here it is described. There even is a photo of that animal, which was taken as the original animal, which is still alive. Um, obviously, and then interpret with other extraterrestrials. And now over that vast period of time, we are now comprised of, I believe it is 24 extraterrestrial DNA strands, including one from Earth. There also is another fact is that, for example, the, the human blood types, we know that we have blood type A and B. And for the extraterrestrials, it wasn't always possible to interbreed with humans. So they needed to change the genome of humanity to actually be able to interbreed. Um, and they needed to basically insert a certain protein strand into DNA, into the DNA. And that is the result why we have blood group O. Blood group O, which has different properties is a result out of hybridization programs with extraterrestrials. Obviously, it sounds so far-fetched, but when it is described there, it makes sense from that perspective. So it is, yeah, it's a very, we can call it a theory, we, we can call it, I don't know, I, I, I like the approach of calling it an apparent history of humanity. Uh, certainly, I like to keep my mind open about this topic, as I know that that there is a bunch of things that I don't know and probably never will know. But uh, what I like to do is to um, ask you: Well, how does this knowledge or this apparent um, story or narr narrative about our uh, inheritance? How does this change your daily life? Because you can't go walking on in the supermarket and looking at a product and saying, oh, oh, this is, you know, or, or talk to the customer next to you and say, oh, do you know that this product comes from XYZ and you talk about aliens. So how do you actually, in, in practical terms, what do you use this information for? Right. Practically, for me, it means calm the fuck down. Okay. Because they're, they're, 
when you talk with people that are getting involved or getting down the rabbit hole of this entire alien topic, let's put it that way, and we can go to deep state and all of these topics, right? Because they're all apparently are interconnected. So then some people get really hung up on certain topics. I think, oh, you know, everything is controlled by Dracos and, you know, it's all evil and so on. Um, for me, it is more kind of, right, this place we live in, we cannot just reason that everything that we perceive is the way it is, right? We, it, I think we end up at a wrong conclusion if we just take the information that we have, build our theory around it and say that is true, that is reality. Um, for me, it shows, it gives a different perspective and says, right, hang on, this place you live in, Terra, it is part of a huge galaxy and many other galaxies. There's so much going on and you happen to be affected by all of that. So whatever you perceive here, it's kind of, yeah, calm down, there's more stuff going on and don't put too much importance on the things that you apparently or society believes to be important, right? Uh, that, that for me, the, the underlying tone for me is, yeah, it, it makes you calm down because you understand, all right, there's much more going on here. And it's not just humans who are the only things alive and conscious. And we are not the, let's say, at the top of the food chain. Um, we, we are not the most advanced entities. There are much more advanced entities around us. There are entities living among us. Um, so yeah, calm down and uh, go with that. That, that that's for me is the story so what you're actually saying or what i perceive you're saying is um control um f assessing how much i am in control of and what i am not in control of in terms of just my my everyday life like to have a, a peace of mind i need to be aware of my influence on things like i need to well, I don't know if I am in control at all, but I like the idea that I am in control of parts of my life, at least. My family, my relationships and stuff, stuff like that. But there's stuff outside of me that I cannot control. Or I that's my perception, at least. Uh, but to have that peace of mind, uh, the human conditioning, at least from my experience, is that we tend to create our own bubbles of perception, of our model of reality. <clears throat> and we are taught in school about um, you know, history, uh, history and Darwinism and uh, these uh, concepts of our uh, past. And as we know, history is written by who? By the, the guys that won, right? So we don't have a clear picture of what actually What's the other side of the story? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, M MJ12, USA, what's on the other side of it? What's the flip side of the coin? Yeah. Right. So we, we actually don't know very much, but we have a narrative now that actually fits into or at least connects connects 
things uh, or concepts uh, that we know of that we haven't had a chance to actually put together in, in a nice story. And I, I believe, well, now I've seen Elena's uh, videos on YouTube. It seems uh, reliable also because I have seen other whistleblowers talk about um, uh, humanity being a hybrid race. Uh, back then that was from Cory Goody where he explained uh, that we have, well, 22 ancestors, let's put it like that. And he also uh, did mention this planet uh, you called Maldek that was blown up as part of uh, some kind of, uh, Mars was involved in that as well, according to that story. Mm. So it, at least there is some kind of um, coherency between these different people and um, I like, for me, I like the idea that we are not alone. This is what fascinates me because I've been listening to a lot of YouTubes uh, on this for many, many years now and it's still intriguing to see because there's new information coming out. And uh, I have known about uh, Elena for, well, uh, let's say four or five years, but I've never dived into it, uh, into her story before I actually met you and you started talking about it and I had to do my my bit of research and to understand what, what exactly we were going to talk about today. But I like the idea that we are not alone. Yeah, just to come back to your original question. Um, I think, you know, how, how do we feel comfortable with this information? And I think it's a question of your personal comfort zone, really, right? Um, if you if you are happy by what the surrounding is telling you, and you're totally happy in that bubble, I mean that is the perfect place for you. So this information is not for you. I can only say, with that information, I finally feel comfortable in this place where I live, because now with that aspect it all makes sense to me but that, that is how i can approach it but now let's talk about reincarnation because you mentioned dna and what i heard you say was that our dna was has been modified to allow advanced souls to to be incarnated on this earth on yeah. terra yeah so you actually want to talk about star seeds right well um let, let's see where the conversation goes because um, let's say that we have gained a certain knowledge, you and I, about these uh, uh, apparent uh, human origins or story about human uh, evolution. And we die. We die tomorrow, let's say. So our body decomposes, becomes dirt again. Mm. Right? Our spirit, consciousness moves on. So how can we continue this? Because human life is only limited compared to uh, Enki's, you know, unlimited life force. Yeah. We have, let's, let's say that we have 80 years of uh, life expectancy as humans, perhaps a little bit more. But, you know, we have 80 years to, uh, to evolve, to mature our consciousness because our brain doesn't evolve uh, 
is not fully functional until uh, mid twenties or something. Right. So we have 20 years that is just thrown out the window with <laughs> rubbish and parties and sex and all that. And and then what? Then we have like 60 years left. If we deduct, uh, let's say, 10 years of that from the 80s, so uh, where we're probably going to be, <laughs> well, I'm talking about my parents here, like they, they are not in a physical good shape and mental uh, bad shape as well. So we have a limited time to actually remember so how does this work in, in your view? In, in we reincarnate into a new body, we get this beautiful piece of uh, avatar, and then and then what? How how do we pick up what we might already have stored there in from from our soul energy? What what is your thought on that? Well, I think one topic we need to talk about is first of all the soul itself is immortal, right? And then we have the aspect of consciousness, which is a description of the state of, of self-awareness of the soul, right? Or we on Earth, we, we really use it in the physical form of yeah, physical human beings being conscientious, right? Or, or well, conscious of yeah, their self-being. Um, I briefly touched on the point of that that terror was prepared in a way for souls to incarnate here and to for consciousness to evolve okay that also means at one point in time apparently earth was locked off from the let's say space grid in a sense that the souls reincarnated only on planet earth right so they started on Earth from a stone, vegetables, animals, humans, and continuously incarnated again and again in humans. It was interesting if we look at humans as one. Okay. And then we see we have, let's say, very primitive human beings in the beginning. And now we have a... I think we refer to it as a type one civilization, if, if I'm not mistaken, or we are on the brink of a type one civilization where we interconnected around the world as one interacting society, essentially, through the means of technology such as Internet and so on and other means. So we could say that human consciousness has vastly evolved. So if we approach it from a viewpoint of humanity as one, then we can certainly see the evolution of consciousness. I think it is a bit tricky to say that, right, I'm looking at my life, you know, I, I, I need to be raised, I need to be educated, then I have a bit of a lifespan where I can do things and then I, my, my body is decaying and I can't do anything, right? So I only have this with this one third in the middle of my life where I can actually do things consciously. Um, I think that is a very limited viewpoint, right? If we approach it as, let's view it humans as humanity as one, and then it works perfectly. Um, then you ask the questions, right? How can we link to the evolutionary stage of my soul? 
because I, as an awakened human being, I don't remember much, right? But I think we, we alluded to these topics in previous episodes already, where we, we need to talk about the, the, the highly sensitive people, we, we need to talk about psychics, um, and then we suddenly see, oh, hang on, there are people or there are even methods in place such as, you know, meditation and many other things where you can connect to other parts of yourself, to, to non-physicality. So there, there are links. Um, what, what I find fascinating is that what apparently has happened on Earth is through the vast amounts of different ET races coming here and true to their hybridization programs, they they have as, and essentially built different bloodlines on Earth that carry on physical sort of properties, right? Where, where we see suddenly, all right, this person has psychic abilities and there always used to be a person with psychic abilities in that lineage. Um, so, so that is my viewpoint, how I see things. Obviously, what they also talk about is, and it has been talked about a lot in recent years, is the phenomenon of starseeds, or what is referred to as starseeds. So essentially what that is, is starseeds are humans with a soul from a different planet. Okay, And that only, didn't only happen the recent hundred years, it goes back way back to Atlantis. Because Atlantis is the point in time, essentially, after Anki, when he prepared that human body to such a high frequency and etheric body around us that a foreign soul can incarnate in, into a human body. Um, so there, there is the link, essentially. And when we talk about, right, hang on, what is the evidence of all of that? Um, we have had famous people on planet Earth that, that seem to have knowledge from somewhere else, or at least they put knowledge on Earth that wasn't here before. Now we can precisely talk about Nikola Tesla. Okay. His soul apparently was coming from Venus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, we didn't talk about it, but apparently every single planet in our solar system thrives with life, different life forms. Mm -hmm. So his soul was actually a bit more advanced and he had a lot of knowledge about technology and his soul incarnated here on planet Earth. And with that soul, with that capable soul, he was very quick in understanding technology and developed things here. So that is that story, um, and there are a lot of similar stories for other things. Getting back to the incarnation part of it. <clears throat> so we have, like, I'm just going to revert back to the, the leaving one third of a full lifespan on an individual basis, where we can actually remember what we have uh, been through and you know, gives us a chance to learn something new because I believe the Earth uh, is a, a, 
place of experimentation, uh, consciousness uh, exploring itself, essentially. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Dolores Cannon. She was a, a hypnotist. She has. Um, she's no longer among us. She's in spirit, but she has um, created a, a program for people to go through a training to do um, past life regressions. And through these many uh, regressions with with clients, she come to write a lot, a lot of books. Some of them explaining our relationship to ETs and part of us that are uh, on the ET side. Now I need to intervene very strictly because my question is, you just mentioned she created a protocol that yes. I take it you can still use because how can I get this protocol or who who is teaching it? Because in, in many... Um, her daughter. Her daughter. Okay, yeah. I need to get in contact with her because in a few channelings, I've now been told I should do past live regression. Mm -hmm. Okay, that is a personal note. All right, let's yes. continue. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So in her many books, she... I'm sorry, I have not read them, but I've seen a lot of her work. Um, she refers to the ETs as uh, not not good or evil. It's just um, she's able to convince me at least that there is evidence of other beings present, either in physical form or in etheric or energy form at least. So that's for me that for me gives uh, reassurance and gives me peace of mind that we are not alone and I don't necessarily have to be in control all the time. Yeah, so that is actually another point that fascinates or what fascinates me about this this um, apparent true history is that we, when we look at the ET phenomenon is then we, we can say we actually have three categories how to approach this topic right one category is sort of the let's say official media story is kind of oh shit they're ets apparently or we start finding ufos and we see things in the sky that is let's say a threat from the universe or something you know that that is the story that goes in that direction so essentially everything et related is bad and is a threat right that is the sort of u.s government that or military that puts it officially up there then then we have a different direction is sort of coming from i would say Stephen greer where right he, he did this documentary unacknowledged and let a lot of whistleblowers speak but he also implemented or, or built this protocol which is called ce5 protocol right and yes. uh, it is sort of a protocol to actively engage in contact with ets and i haven't succeeded to do it myself but at least i've um, I'm in contact with people that apparently, so they tell me, have managed to make contact with UFOs or entities and they saw them physically in the sky afterwards. Okay. And and he basically says, Oh, they're all good, you can you can start making contact. 
right? So that that's the direction of right. They're all good, but now from let's say the writings or um, contactee information from Elena Danan is no, hang on. It is a complex topic. It is a complex space out there. There's good. There's evil. There's hugely highly advanced civilizations. There are civilizations in our densities. There's civilization that go beyond our density and move between densities. And I think, yeah, that that story makes sense to me, right? It is not just all bad. It's not just all good. It is very complex, and we are right in the middle of that. And that is really why that story resonates with me. So I want to revert back to something else that you said. That um, I I can't remember your your exact phrasing. It, it was something like "calm the fuck down." <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> something like that. Meaning, please relax, right? Um, if don't you think there's a risk that if we relaxed too much? that would just become complacent and and um, you know we won't question things anymore because well there's no need we're going to reincarnate oh, and yeah yeah sorry right no no so, no so so what is that what what do you mean by that yeah so let let me explain how i mean that um, calming down in a sense i mean is don't don't get too hung up on on certain topics right it's kind of now now we see now that right we, we definitely have the ufo topic now in the public media right that is now started a few years ago and we see more and more but what we also definitely see is that there is a connotation to this topic and it is right this is a threat it is this is a threat from outer space and i mean don't just go with that topic. Calm down. Just observe that now this topic is distributed in public media into the consciousness and humanity. And just take, take a step back and now see what is actually happening. So there is a narrative fed into human consciousness. But can you actually believe that? So that is what I mean with calming down. Take a step back and observe all of that information that is around you. But take a step back and see if that actually is the true information. Because I would say I would really question what it, what that information is. Right? Is that is that really a threat? Right? Because then we have the there's others that say right. We don't know. You know. But we don't have that debate in society. We, we just get one view, one perspective fed to us, and we should believe it. I would say, hmm, take it with a grain of salt. There's something happening there. But what that story actually is, honestly, we have no idea. In the end, it is actually quite empowering because now you have a different point of view on this topic. And now it is up to you to make up your own mind Maybe you have other information that complements. So in the end, it is empowering. And also we can see that um, all this banning that has been taking place on Facebook, on Twitter, all, uh, I wouldn't say all, but 
we know of in many cases where uh, accounts have been closed and uh, you know, Facebook accounts have been uh, well not been able to post their truth uh, because there's a, a community standard I think that is the right word in Facebook uh, that if you post something that is opposing the, the community standard that those posts won't be shown to anyone or deleted or your account will be closed yeah, yeah. so we know so we know that what we are perceiving what we are listening to as our entertainment in in today's society we have the television we have all these kind of social media um how how do you in your opinion how what, what is your advice to people who want to discern and be critical thinkers yeah so I think what's interesting is that right if there is a new topic topic coming around the corner whatever it might be in 10 or 5 years maybe we know that there are some hints what the next big topics are um, you can either take the approach of fully engaging in that topic you can take one side or the other side if you want to do it no question about it but for me, there's always the approach of, right, you can see and observe from a distance that this topic is now present for humanity. There's one part that is taking one side, one part that is taking the other side. You don't need to take sides in that, but you can see that this topic is now a narrative that is fed into society uh, and observe it from a distance. That, that, for me, is my approach with all of the recent topics where I can now see, right, okay, now this topic is coming into society. In actual fact, we have no idea what the reality or the true nature of this topic actually is. Um, we have now a lot of evidence that a lot of topics are fabricated in a certain sense, um, always when looking back in time. And this is very interesting for the alien topic, right? Uh, back in time, it was really covered up this topic right we, we have that evidence from whistleblowers we, we we have the news reports that it was covered up um, and now all of a sudden that information is publicly fed into widespread media and in the background we all of a sudden have change in laws where now whistleblowers on the UFO topic are now granted immunity and are protected so don't engage in that topic, but you know, take a step back and see, all right, this UFO topic was on this planet for a long time. It was always covered up. Now it is fed to us with a very distinct direction of a threat. And in the background, they are protecting the people that are coming out. So at least what we can say, right, something is happening there and something might happen in that area of that topic in some direction how it will happen we don't know but you know take it with a grain of salt whatever is going to happen and fed to you with information because it definitely is constructed in a certain way and this uh, we can dive into social engineering oh, um, yeah yeah but this is this, that's going to be for another topic or another episode yeah, we are now, now scratch the surface of so many other topics <laughs> yes yeah yeah um how do we wrap this up because this um i still need well i 
my thinking goes like this um if this story is true and i keep my mind open on this topic as most other topics as well yeah let me say i, I want to see proof of that story as well i find yes. it fascinating that correlations with all of the other ancient texts and facts that we have it, it fits into those things but i want yes. to see the the you know the evidence as well yeah yeah yet yet for some reason it resonates me too i i like and this is you know part of the mystery of being human that i resonate with certain certain topics this is one of them so to close this topic since you haven't heard that full story you now have listened to it the first time how do you feel about this well i i have a certain degree of skepticism uh, mainly because i i like evidence i am very well i have been very analytical uh, so this is i i i like the idea that there are so many dots that are now connected I really like that. I see from other, let's call them historians that have deep dive into, for instance, uh, Jesus, the character Jesus being, a, well, the last thing I heard was yesterday from a transmedium saying that Jesus lived, he was psychic, he had certain abilities, and that still correlates with everything that we've been talking about today. Uh, he had another name, uh, and other religions call him of uh, d different names and I like I like to connect the dots but sometimes I'm also taking a step back and, and seeing are these dots put in place for me to make the dots or is it my wisdom that actually connects them yeah so this right? so so let's wait for the evidence wow.